Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. We thank God for what he is doing. Um, you know, we hear a lot about what's on public media, uh, the news, and even in the midst of um, some things that seem troublesome, I want to let you know that even in Afghanistan, God is still working. Uh, there are pastors who are changing rooftops every Sunday and preaching the gospel, um, whether it be online or something. Um, they can't be in the same place twice. They know that that's become the norm. And so, but they're still sharing the gospel. The Holy Spirit is speaking to people. Um, but besides what you see um, and what the media reports, we're going to hear, by the way, in heaven, we're going to hear about all the testimonies. I'm just letting you know, God is going to get glory for eternity. So not just, you know, one day or three days, like a three-day revival. No, for eternity, you're going to hear what God is doing what God did, glory after glory after glory. Isn't that awesome? And it's really what God is doing. And so, um, by the way, there's people uh, who, um, uh, Muslims who are having dreams and visions, and they're seeing Jesus themselves, and um, Jesus speaking, just like Jesus spoke to uh, Paul, um, once Saul, now P Paul the apostle, and many other people. So I just want to encourage you with that. And let you know that um, I, I stopped watching the news. You know, um, you know, I, you know, I used to pay attention. Um, I do a lot of research, and so uh, I mean, I knew about the COVID thing a couple years ago. Anyway, um, before it ever happened, I told people it's going to be at least a year and a half to so get ready. They're like, "What?" I said, "Oh yeah, I totally read the the government report and everything. Didn't you didn't get it?" So anyway. Um, but more than that, um, the Holy Spirit in, in kingdom of heaven has an intelligent agency as well. And I just want to let you know that if you read your Bible, you already knew about what was going to be in the end from the beginning. Isn't that awesome? So God tells us, he's, he doesn't, by his grace and mercy, he tells us ahead of time what's going to happen. By his grace and mercy. Isn't that awesome? He told us what sin was before we sinned. Isn't that neat? I mean... Not the sin part, but, you know, he, he tells us ahead of time. So that way, when he comes to us and walks with us, we know what to expect. And so anyway, we're going to be diving into the book of Ezekiel today. And uh, this message is titled Heaven's Mandate. And, um, you know, I've been, uh, I was just out of state, just recently came back. And, um by the way, I'm seeing, as you come back this way, every three minutes, no joke, every three minutes there's a moving truck. So, and sometimes that's, we're just kind of downplaying it. Sometimes we see four or five moving trucks every three minutes. But we're seeing that the mandates that are taking place in our own state, that what we're seeing is, um, you know, it's constantly changing. I got back. I have no idea because I don't watch the news. I have no idea. So I just go into the grocery store, and I hear people talking about me, you know, because I'm not wearing a mask. And I was like, oh, I guess we're doing mask thing again, you know. So I have no idea what's happening. Um, so I'm just letting you know that I don't, 
you know, news got, you know, I, I really like the news, but I got so stressed, I started taking it out on everybody, and that's not a good thing. So once you get peace, you're willing to do whatever it takes to keep peace. Amen? Amen, men? Men, women? All right. So check this out, um, Heaven's Mandate. And um, I don't know about your week, but uh, let me, in case, you know, not that you care, but I'll tell you a little bit about mine. And um, my week has been exceptionally busy. And actually, it's always busy, but I'll just give you kind of a sneak peek and a few things that have been going on, managing multiple construction projects. Um, or ordering, uh, constantly ordering uh, needed supplies, prioritizing emails and phone calls, grocery shopping. I actually do all the grocery shopping. There's a reason for that. Um, my wife will come home with snacks. It's just a week of snacks. And I'm like, we need meals, you know, like, you know, I'm a man, you know. So... <laughs> Anyway, we've learned, and, you know, so anyway, now I'm trying to find my spot while I'm talking to you in my uh, notes. But anyway, uh, I do all the grocery shopping. Uh, fixing things that break, it seems like it never ends. Um, by the way, when I get home, I have to fix the toilet paper um, in the master bedroom, the, uh, in the bathroom. The toilet paper, like the whole unit came off the wall. And so we've been, like, putting on top of the toilet seat. There's, like, one knob left. And because sometimes we'll kind of hit it there. Sometimes it's on the floor. And I'm thinking, when's the last time we cleaned the floor? <laughs> and so anyway, uh, you know how it is. Apparently, I, I'm the only one. That's okay. I'm just teasing. Uh, just give you a sneak peek here. Washing clothes. Our dryer is down right now. Literally hanging up everything. And my wife, too. And so we look like those people. You know what I mean? Backyard, like an aerial Google shot. Google's like, oh, Lord, we got to, you know, blur out another backyard, you know. And so anyway, I got to find somebody because the current place where we are, we're renting. I really don't want to talk to the landlord that his brand new dryer. I have no idea what's wrong. So I just got to find a dryer person because I try to fix it myself and or get somebody else because I really don't want to have problems. Um, anybody else renting? Just me, okay. Uh, there you go. Um, we do own a few places, by the way, but um, we're into where we're at. Um, also, uh, uh, sorting through mail, uh, writing uh, thank you cards. Uh, we got three outreaches in one week that happened this week. I preached at them, and on one of them, I was on my way. You saw a current post on Facebook. Maybe you didn't. But, um, and I spilled coffee on myself on the way to the outreach. Um, number one, it was kind of stunk because uh, half my coffee went bye-bye. So that was the big downer. Uh, the other part was, you know, having to, like, make sure, like, nothing happened. But uh, you just have to, like, keep going and act like nothing happened. Um, I found a, a, a home for two couches this week. That wasn't mine, my couches. And so um, people were like, hey, can you, like, get rid of our couches for us? As though I didn't have, like, a trillion things to do. But I thank God we did find somebody. Counseling, you know, that's another one. I mean, probably on average four to five calls a day. And you're thinking, no, yes. Like, Lance, you don't even have a church. I know. Isn't that crazy? 
I could only imagine Pastor Josh with a church, the amount, probably 10, 15, 20 a day. I have no idea. But I'm just letting you know my, how my week was gone. Um, sermon planning, of course, and family, uh, just to mention a few things that take, ple- take place this week. By the way, my sermon planning includes, I don't know how your sermon planning looks, but my sermon planning includes kids screaming in the background, like the whole time. Just when you think you're, like, getting to a moment, like with the Holy Spirit and the Lord, all of a sudden something happens in the background. So you just have to pretend it's not taking place. And (laughs) anyway, can anybody relate? Anybody relate? You know, it's called stuff in life. And so when I was um, when I was a kid, it seemed like the days were long. It was endless summers. I mean, it was awesome when I was young. Uh, but as you get more well seasoned, older, uh, with years, the days go by in quick flashes. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, li- my my oldest daughter is seven. She's going to be eight. She talked about her birthday like six months in advance. It's always been that way. Um, anyway. We have to memorize her birthday list, present list. Um, anyway, she's looking forward to get her getting on her eighth birthday. They get uh, the option that uh, if they want to get their ears pierced. And I'm like, but let's, kn- I want to let you know it hurts. I'm trying to say that to like make it so they don't get earrings. Um, it doesn't work. And so she's still wanting to get her earrings, and but she's growing up. You know, I mean, remember, like, running to the store, you know, when they first, you know, after church, you know, oh, man, there was an accident, so we got to run to, you know, Fallas or, I don't know, you guys hear Fallas? Can you believe I actually shop there sometimes? And so, it's like, I have to go buy a whole outfit, because the outfit got wet, because they had an accident. Now, it's like, you know, the panty sizes are growing, and it's like, oh, Lord, you know, and so, things are constantly changing. Not that you cared, but now you know. And so I say these things so that way we keep in mind that while we dive into the book of Ezekiel, we shouldn't forget that he too had projects. He had relationships. He had family and schedules to manage as well. So we think that when sometimes when we read the word as though they had nothing else going on. They were just mining, you know, kicking back with a pina colada by the Jabar, you know, river. That's not what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of things at stake here, and we just have a glimpse into their life and what's happening. And I just want you to keep this in mind, that just like my busy week and you had a busy week, you had things going on, so did Ezekiel, okay? So, um, you know, Ezekiel's life wasn't without pain and worry and quickly passing moments. The vision that the Lord had showed him brought about an intense weight. I actually had a dream, two dreams, um, and they were spread out about six months apiece. Uh, during, uh, one was at the beginning of the coronavirus. One was kind of midway through uh, last year, and um, it was a prophetic dream. And um, I knew what was going to happen. I could feel it. I could taste it. And on top of that, the weight. You ever have a dream that's just like you can't shake off? I rarely have dreams, and um, I thank the Lord for that. When I was 14 years old, I received an intense uh, vision. Uh, They said I was uh, 
in seizures for two hours, and that was at youth camp. And um, I literally saw a Jesus in a vision. I saw the uh, mass gospel crusade. I saw myself older than 14 years old preaching the gospel. I was walking down a dirt road, me and Jesus, holding hands. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I saw the continent of Africa. I saw all kind of amazing things, what God was, would be doing. And it came about this weight. I could literally, as I tell you, I could remember seeing it like a movie. And that's how um, some of these dreams are. But I came home, and um, my dad was trying to get me into, and God bless my dad, he was trying to get me in construction. I did get into construction. In fact, I'm still doing some construction projects right now. But um, he wanted us to do well. And, um, but God's calling was strong. The weight that came with it was very heavy. In fact, I still wake up each morning uh, wanting to be in Africa, believe it or not. And, but the time isn't now. There's, it, there's an in-between time, and um, it's kind of frustrating at times uh, because sometimes when we go and preach the gospel to places that people don't want to hear it, but I know in Africa, it's different. The people want to hear. I remember a governor on the side of the road in Liberia. I was, um, he was wondering what I was doing there. And I started sharing the gospel with the governor. Had no idea it was the governor. The guy starts doing like hand motions and dancing. So I thought. Apparently he couldn't hear in the sign language. That was an embarrassing moment for me. And um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, he comes. I asked for a translator. We could find a translator and be start sharing the gospel. And I'm, by this time, I'm acting it out, you know, and um, having some characters involved and that kind of stuff. At the end, there was 30 people who gave their life to Christ on the side of a road. <laughs> We've seen this over and over again. And so I think, God, why am I here when I know that you have a harvest there. And sometimes things don't make sense, but the weight, and sometimes I, I, I also sense that God is preparing and giving a season of rest, even though it's nothing like rest. And I understate, that's an understatement. So um, anyway, I'm like, Lord, yeah, I don't get this. So anyway, I'll move on to my message. Um, but we see uh, with this, there was in this intense weight and having to pray through and spending time uh, processing all the downloads he is receiving from the Lord. And I remember when I was trying to share what was going to happen with the whole coronavirus, I was literally seeing things and some crazy things that I had never seen before. And then later throughout the whole year, I find actual news reports and crazy things. I mean, I don't want to, like, sound crazy, but... Um, I would see proof of what every detail that I had seen. And I could only imagine that weight you're trying to tell people, but they think you're crazy. You know what I'm saying? And here Ezekiel is, and he receives this, the call. He receives uh, God's message to a people that sometimes may not even want to hear it. But he still has that weight. I don't know if you've had something urgent that you wanted to tell somebody. And when you went to go tell them, they could care less. But it was like life-changing, life-saving. 
It would do something in their life so powerfully, but they could care less. But yet you still have that weight. And in fact, Ezekiel even documents the passing of his wife. In Ezekiel 24, 15 through 27, which takes place roughly at the age of 40. As I spend time examining the book of Ezekiel, I see a, uh, a powerful message that, uh, from God and the needed response from Ezekiel to save God's people, even while he's got his own mess to deal with. And maybe this seems all too familiar for you. God is speaking, your calendar is full, and God is expecting your response. Mind you, here Ezekiel, Ezekiel, he's got his calendar full. He's got, he's got plenty of other things to do. And all of a sudden, on top of that, God places a heaven's mandate. Maybe like, like in the same way you feel like God is speaking to you. Your calendar is full and God is expecting your response. And to top it off, you've got your own mess to deal with. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, that you would speak to our minds, our hearts, our bodies, and souls in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would cancel every distraction in the name of Jesus. I command in the name of Jesus that every demonic spirit be gone out of this house in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would speak to us in such a way that we could not only sense and taste and feel the weight of heaven's mandate, but God, that today, God, we will respond to you and to heaven in the way that seems appropriate. I pray, Lord, that today, God, you would anoint us in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I want to remind you that when God anoints you, one time is all it takes. You don't have to go through life praying for more anointing. You don't have to go through life hoping for more. Just go do it. Amen? You know, it's like the Holy Spirit, the, the promise of Jesus, that he would be glorified through the Holy Spirit in your life. And it's like as you go out and pray for people, uh, I want you to visualize that as you put your hands on somebody, so is the Holy Spirit. We see in Mark 16, 20, as the disciples went out preaching everywhere, God accompanied them with signs, wonders, and miracles. Everywhere they went out, everywhere they, they spoke, I remember having three or four translators in, 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 in Gabon, Central Africa. It'd be me, it'd be somebody else, it'd be somebody else, and it'd be somebody else, and sometimes somebody else. The message took forever. So I had to short my message into like 10 minutes because it was like, you can only imagine. You know, we had jungle languages, and we had French, and then we had, you know, jungle language, and then the real jungle language, and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, it was quite an experience. I always started out with the test, the translator test, and that's where we showed off our dance moves. And um, it was funny. Everybody started laughing, and I just want to make sure it was translated the same. So anyway, yeah, so didn't get that joke, but anyway. Um, the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 3, that's where our text is taking place, by the way. Uh, in Ezekiel chapter 3, if you have a Bibles, tablets, phones, whatever what you ever have written on your heart, feel free to pull that out as well. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. 
Um, and it says something like this in verse 3 of chapter 3. It says, And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey and sweetness. Everybody say honey scrolls. Everybody say nice it would be nice to have a bowl of honey scrolls every morning. Amen? Wouldn't that be awesome you just open a box of honey scrolls? You know, I remember honeycombs. Remember honeycombs? But just imagine, like, scrolls. You know, it's kind of curved one way. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe it's just me who's hungry. Anyway, verse 4 says, And he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech or of hard language, but to the house of Israel. I was talking with a couple this week that uh, felt the call to do evangelism. And as they talked, I could sense the fear, not knowing what to say, and some disconnection. Anybody ever been there? Let me tell you a story, kind of break the ice a little bit. We're all working on our second stage truck. By the way, Pastor, this is going to be even more awesome. So if you ever need it. Um, Instead of doing one side, we're, uh, right now we have the truck where it opens up, you know, like that. Well, now it's going to fold down on the, the second one. But we're having a double flip down. So both sides are folding down, which makes for an even bigger stage. And we're having line array system all around. So you could actually all around the whole truck, basically three parts of the truck, your stage, and people all around. Isn't that awesome? Maybe I start to think crazy stuff. All the people working with me think I'm crazy. It's okay. It's okay. It's, you know. Um, but anyway, um, but they have this this call to do evangelism, and and they, there was this fear. And I remember um, when we built a. It took two years to fundraise and all that kind of stuff. I looked down, and well, there was no money for that stage truck, and I had to figure out what to do. And there were some people who kind of gave testing, like churches who would give testing amounts, you know, just to see if we're going to keep going. And so anyway, I went to auctions. I went to all these things. And finally, by God's grace, we found one. And, um, and I remember it took two years from fundraising, start to finish, to finish, because uh, I'm raising kids, you know, as well. And they literally eat me out of a house and home, okay? Did I mention I'm renting? Okay, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Nobody laughed at that joke. So um, get kids of your own and you realize, you know, on a three-hour journey, they, they get real hungry. And I'm thinking, I haven't even ate today. And they've had like five meals, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's like one breakfast, two breakfasts. Anyway, it's a pre-lunch, you know? And so the stage truck got done, and all of a sudden this, this fear came in. And it was like, it was so much easier to just build the truck than it was to, to actually have to stand on it and say something. And there was this fear, like, what should I say? And I knew that moment was coming. I was like, oh, God, please. Like, just, can't we just go to the next stage truck? Like, what do I say, you know? And Africans, you know, in Africa, I mean, well-received, it's, it's different. White people are different, you know? And so it's just like, here's just like they stare at you like they've been sucking on pickles for an hour, sour pickles. And it's just crazy. And so I, I go to all these communities, you know, and, and I, laughingly, of course, we see people give their life to Jesus. But 
um, that fear was setting in, and I could see that in them, in this couple that I was talking this week. And I also sensed some, that there was some disconnection. And I had the opportunity to share with them. They've they got to uh, dive deep into God's word, prayer, and spending time with our Lord. You see, we know that evangelism is not like a garment that you put on and take off, but it's about what God is doing inside of you that you can't keep it back. It's a personal revival taking place. It's a flame that keeps flaming. Ryan Harbonke wrote a book, and it's something like this. Are you uh, flammable or are you fireproof? You know, there's some people that they go around, they're completely fireproof. I mean, you could drench them with uh, fuel, and, and even in heaven's fire would come down, and nothing would take place. Because the condition of their heart is hard, there's something that, that's happened, and they're numb to the things of God. I was in uh, uh, downtown uh, Sacramento. There's a big Buddha that looks like he's falling apart. But anyway, uh, I knocked on it. I actually did. I knock on all of them. Every time I've knocked on Buddha, he's empty. I mean, there's nothing there. And so anyway, ding, ding. And it keeps going, you know, totally empty. And I look down at the plaque, and it's basically words from Buddha. And he says that he's still searching. He's empty. I mean, right there on the plaque. And on the plaque, it says that, but deep down, there's water. Like, well, I could have told you that. I mean, I, I don't. I don't drill for water or anything, but I know where, where, where there is water. But these guys, it is empty. And actually confessing that and sharing that. But see, it's different with our Heavenly Father. You see, there's unlimited resources. There's unlimited fuel. There's unlimited power. There's unlimited strength and finances and anything that you could need for this life. But what we've got to do is we've got to dive in into the presence of the Lord. Even while we were, we were here, I'm thinking, man, I wish somebody would hand me some flags. I've never done the flag thing, but I would like to go crazy and just worship God right now. Like, sign me up for heaven. I mean, give me some flags. Hey, just Pastor Lance, the flags in heaven. Dude, I want to dive into God's presence. I want to worship the king of kings. And you and I have got to do that. Psalms 19.10 and Psalms 19 or 119.103 share how sweet God's word is. And it's a good thing to be consumed with and to feed yourself with heaven's manna. In fact, I'll read it for you. Psalms 19.10 says, they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. You know how many people even are in our churches, they, they're constantly wanting more money. And money is pays the bills. I get that. It's like somebody prayed for me. They said, oh, I pray that Pastor Lance will never have to raise money again, that it will just keep flowing. I'm like, that would be awesome. But in our culture, and, and, and there's this constant striving for something that's going to pass away. But it says, they are sweeter than honey, than the honey from the honeycomb. God's word is. Psalms 119, 103 says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It's a good thing. God's word is sustains. 
It brings life. It is something that takes place when you connect yourself to heaven's power port. It's more than a phone that gets charged. It's you that gets energized from heaven onto earth. And all of a sudden, you start seeing heaven take place on earth. I think it's time for each one of us to, to start looking in our own life. There was a point where I was reading the Bible, and every time I read the Bible and I say something, you know, I think about somebody else or that person. You laugh because you know, you know what I'm saying? But I started praying. I said, God, help me. Let that be canceled in the name of Jesus in my life. Let me from, from this point forward, when I read your word, only be able to see and, ev and examine and evaluate my own life. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 14, through 27, it says something like this. It says, so the spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went into, or I went in bitterness, in the heat of my spirit, but the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Then I came to the captives at El, or at Tel Abib, I think I've seen that on the news before, on a map who dwelt by uh, the river Chabar, and I sat where they sat, and remained there astonished among them seven days. Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I, had, I have made you a watchman of the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. Let's break that down for a second. God's making him a watchman. I don't know if you've seen a, a, a prison. Maybe you've been to a prison, and there's these watchtowers, and they're just not chewing gum and, and playing checkers. They're watching for on both sides of the gate. And there's even, uh, I mean, there's people of Border Patrol. You know, I've seen the 30-foot high wall. I, I, I actually bought seven packs of churros by the, on the Mexican side. It was a long line. I couldn't help it that there was nobody else in the car. I had to eat them. They would get still. Anyway, there's, a, there's people watching. By the way, they're very good. I mean, it's worth just driving down there just for the churros, getting right back in line again, loop-de-looping back up north. Anyway, God had called him, and he, God was going to speak to him, and he was to say something. He was to prepare the people. He was to save them from catastrophe. Some of us in our life wished that, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the detail on that, but somebody uh, about two weeks ago said, I wish somebody told me. I said, actually somebody did. You just didn't really care. He said, my life has changed from this moment forward. God was calling Ezekiel to be, to see what's on the other side of the fence, to see what's coming, the uh, possible dangers, and even blessings, but dangers especially, and to forewarn the people before it got too close. Wouldn't you like somebody have to, to have been a watchman for you? Maybe somebody was a watchman. Maybe there was a praying mom or, or a dad or a grandparent. 
Maybe there was an aunt or uncle or, or a brother or sister in Christ. By the way, it's so important that as a church, when we see uh, people without, say, a mom or a dad, and, and they got kids, and it's so important that we rally around them and try to disciple the kids. Be a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless. It's very important. It's, it's important for us as people, God's people, his church, to, 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 to help the widows. That's what pure religion is at its purest form. And if we can't do that, how is God to give us anything else? When we were in Africa, every month we would have a, a bring cans and food. Every month everybody brought food. And it was to be dispersed to the widows every month. That's something with, that we should consider. To but, but these people have been a watchman for us, and now it was, God was calling Ezekiel to be a watchman to the people. Verse 18, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. I'm not going to continue, but you can read that. Uh, it goes to verse 24. Read that uh, later, or 27. Uh, you can read that today when you go home, when you're kind of resting. I encourage you to read the whole story. But basically, God was saying, look, if you don't speak what I'm telling you, the blood is on your hands. And there will come a time where I will, where I will require it. So just know there will come a time and you'll wish you would have. But if you tell people what the, my word and you tell them, and you share with them, and they don't change. They don't receive it. The blood is off your hands. Some of us have been uh, holding on to that. We've spoken God's word to our family members, our friends, and we still feel like, the blood, like God is angry because we didn't win them to God. The winning is not our, 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 in, our, in our hands. It's God who wins people. It's we who communicate and preach the gospel. We don't write the news. We don't edit the news. We simply share the news. Some people say, I don't have a three-point message. I'll send you all my messages if you want. You can go preach them. I've done that plenty of times before, both in Africa and stateside. Say, now you have no excuse. You have a sermon. But here's the thing. Why not share your story? In evangelism training that we teach in NCN District, I often ask two questions. Number one in the evangelism training is this. You're getting a free training, I'm telling you. Right now, free training. I ask two questions. Number one, what brought you to Christ? Whether it was 20 years ago, one year ago, a month ago, what brought you through Christ? What were you going through? And they answer, people answer. And the second question for my evangelism training, I says, and why are you still a follower of Christ? Because if God isn't moving in your life now, you're dead and you're empty and you're just as lost as somebody else. 
We have got to not maintain what happened a long time ago. Instead, it's like when I learned how to play the guitar. People are like, what? You know how to play? Yes, you know, I know how to play guitar. And, and I, I, I was, I don't know, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but it was a really well-known guitar player that I learned from. And, um, and I, I'd play like eight hours a day. My fingers would be bleeding. I'd still play. I mean, it'd be sticky on the, I'd just start playing. I wouldn't care. And obviously, I had nothing else to do, apparently. So anyway, but um, the thing is, you have a choice. I mean, as, it, as you play, as you operate, it gets out of tune. Isn't that weird? Even sometimes if it just sits there, over time it gets out of tune. It needs to be tuned. It needs to be, uh, uh, you, you need to be growing. You need to be walking and enrolling yourself in any discipleship, any Wednesday services, any Sunday, anything that this church has to offer, take advantage of it. It's important to grow and walk with Christ. It's important to look back a year later and say, you know what, in this last year or in this five years or in this last ten years, man, my world has been rocked over and over just when a pastor, you know, blows a trumpet and, and, and my whole life changes and I, I fall to the floor and I'm scraping my brains up after service and then all of a sudden the next week and the year later, and why? Because you give it 10,000%. And so here... For some of us, we've been carrying this weight of, oh, people aren't giving their life to Christ, but I've been sharing. Stop. You have to go, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep finding somebody who might receive. Yes, you can keep going a few same people, but if they're not listening, they blow you off over and over and over. You have to pray. It's the work of the Spirit. It's not work of L. L. Lancey Pooh or anything else. It's the work of the Spirit. But God is calling him. Ezekiel, in a foreign land, or uh, not in a foreign land, in a land where there's a lot of idolatry, there's a hardness of heart. Uh, in, the, in, in, in Ezekiel, we see where the hearts are of stone, and God wants to give a heart of flesh. And God is calling him to be this watchman, to speak his word, to share uh, 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 his warnings and to help them. Point number one, and I'll go through this quickly, is the watchman. You know, uh, Isaiah 21, verse 6, for thus the Lord said to me, go set a watchman, let him announce what he sees. That's what you're doing as a watchman when God calls you as watchman. By the way, give spoiler alert the end of this message, get ready, because we're all considered watchmen. And you announce what you see. Psalms 84, verse 10, for a, day in, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. That's what some of our favorite verses. We love that. We, we, we'll, 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 we'll be here, we'll be here, we'll be here. We'll receive the word of God, but oh God, I love being in your presence. He's like, I filled you up for a purpose. I filled you up to send you out. Is uh, we see the disciples, they were the Holy Spirit come upon them, they and they left the upper room. They didn't keep coming back. They were empowered by the Spirit of God Himself, and they went. It's like a fountain that just keeps coming. You know, I remember when I was in fourth grade. 
and there was, uh, we were going to uh, Angels, uh, Angels Island. I don't know if you, anybody ever heard of Angel Island? Yeah, a couple people. In fourth grade, and, and my mom, she, she sewed, I don't even know how she did it, but she sewed herself a Civil War era dress. Uh, same thing with me, and I had a shirt and a, a, a cap, you know, I was like my, my little boy here. Of course, I was fourth grade. And, um, and so here we go, and, and, and we're going to go on the field trip. It's a couple-day field trip. I'm so excited. My mom's excited. At least I thought she was. And so she's driving, and, and we're going, Angel Island, and, and it comes, we're going to reenact the Civil War. It's awesome. We get to see the old remnants of, you know, the old battery where they had cannon guns and all that stuff. And uh, they tell me that, uh, okay, we need some people for this, this, or this. And I was so excited. And they said, okay, and you, Lance, um, uh, you're going to be a part of the Watchmen team. So you, you, you. And, um, and so I was like, okay, good. And I'm so excited to do something. And then um, they assigned me, like, the, the midnight shift, you know, for two hours in fourth grade. My parents, by the way, I mean, going to bed on a school night, that was like 6.30. And <laughs> so anyway, uh, I remember one of my folks took us to Disneyland, and that was rare because it was very expensive then. I mean, I can only imagine now. In, fa in fact, I don't even want to go now, but um, it was so expensive. But they, they would actually be camping right there, and, man, they boom, 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 fireworks, you know, so loud to be shaking the little tiny RV, you know. And um, I'd be sound asleep. I had no idea there was fireworks. Be like, oh, there's fireworks. The whole camper was shaking. The windows were moving and everything. Oh, really? I had no idea. So anyway, I got signed up for this Watchmen deal. You can see where this is going. And so anyway, uh, I'm trying to make this quick, but um, so they uh, was like, uh, well, I, I have teacher, I Miss Wonder, I, I have a hard time. I sleep like deep sleep. And it's really hard for me. Don't worry. Don't. You have nothing to worry about. I will wake you up. Okay. She said she'll wake me up, Mom. Okay. I mean, it was not a challenge. I just like, okay, she'll wake me up. That's what the rule is. So I didn't want to argue with her. Went to bed. I wake up the next morning, and I'm thinking, is it my time yet? It's sunny outside. And I'm like, why didn't anybody wake up? I walk out of the tent, and I went to go ask Mrs. Wonder why she didn't wake me up, and she has a black eye. <laughs> Let's say she, she didn't even want to talk to me. What happened was apparently she went to go wake me up, and I punched her in the face while I was sleeping. I had no idea. I can't even remember any of this. <laughs> and I tell you that because there are some who are really good at sleeping. And heaven's mandate is above, I hate to tell you this, Newsom's mandates. Heaven's mandate should carry more of a weight than anything on this earth. Some of us are really good at earth's mandates. Notice it's man, the word man in it. It's mandates. What are God dates? But God is calling each one of us. Second point is the word, First Thessalonians 2, verse 13, and, he, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it really is the word of God, which is at work in you believers. In fact, we have the worship team come up. Point number three is the work. 
Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Matthew 7, 24 says, Everyone then who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. God is calling you and I to be watchmen in our community, in our homes, in our workplace. He's calling us to be watchmen at the grocery store. He's calling us to be watchmen in our towns, in our streets, and even on the highways while you're driving. There was one missionary. I pretty much know all the missionaries. So, and I know what happens, okay? But one missionary in particular, uh, he didn't want a Jesus sticker. He didn't want a Simply's God sticker, nothing on his vehicle. And he said, because the way I drive. And it's not just the way this person drives. I've seen this person belittle people in front of my face. That's not necessarily, and that's for God and him to work out. But God is calling each one of us to be a watchman at all times. Even when you don't feel like it. We were going through, I mean, and maybe you have too. I've gone through tons of storms, and I know you have too. But I remember being completely empty. A storm had just taken place. I was like on the verge of crying. And all of a sudden, I get to this church. I don't even want to be there. We were just in Africa, so don't worry, it wasn't here. Okay. <laughs> and so we're in Africa, and we just show up. I mean, we're just broken. I mean, everything had just been ripped out from underneath and more. And I couldn't email nobody. I couldn't tell nobody. I couldn't put it in a newsletter. I couldn't tell no one. And here we are 10,000 miles away. My mother-in-law has cancer. Her aunt just passed away. We cannot and are not allowed to travel. And all this stuff is just happening at one time. We show up to this church, and I know how the custom is. When you ask me any question, I could tell you about Africa. In fact, I have to retrain Africans who are going back to Africa to tell them things have changed. And let me tell you some things. And so anyway, we are there, and I show up, and I says, I'm just going to sit in the back. And I just hoping, oh God, please. I, I know the custom. They pull you up front, have you sit up front in a cushy chair up on stage for everybody to stare at you. I'm trying to keep from crying. And I felt empty and just a mess. And I'm like there and I'm trying not to look up so nobody could see me. I'm like, you know, like a kid playing uh, hide and go seek and they close their eyes and they think nobody could see them. That was me as an adult. And here I am praying and like trying to worship and I'm just completely broken. And all of a sudden, this I get a tap on my shoulder and I'm like, God, I just wanted to be in your presence. I'm at the end of my rope and I have nowhere else to go. 
wasn't our fault in the situation. It was nothing that we did. It was just one of those things. I get called up. He says, are you a pastor? I said, yes. He says, you can't sit here. I said, no, it's okay. Listen to me. No, 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 no. I said, no, no, no. This time it's fine. I, I, I'm sitting with my family. I'm going to sit with my wife. I, I rarely get to do that. But no, no, and I was like, no, 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 no. And here they call me up. I have to go up front, up on the stage, and I sit down in this cushy chair, and I'm like, oh, God, maybe I shouldn't have even come here. And if you think the story gets better, it doesn't. The pastor then leans over to me and says, by the way, we he didn't even know we were coming. And he leans over to me and says, you're preaching. I'm, 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 no, 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 it's okay. You know, I just came to visit. You're preaching. God. I read out of a book, Tell Three Kings. Anybody ever read that book? I just finished the book of Tell Three Kings for the 10th time. It was exactly what we were going through. I was having to protect somebody who was throwing spears. And it wasn't fun. And here I have to preach. I literally wrote my name on my note page. That's all I had. I opened my note page. It's happened like a handful of times. I'm not going to say how many times. Not today, but... Um, where I've literally opened my sermon book and there's nothing there. It's awkward. And just trying to make it look like I have something even though I don't. And I basically start sharing the story of Tell Three Kings as I'm crying. And I can't tell nobody the situation. Probably one of the worst sermons. Actually, it's on the list of the numbers of worst sermons I preach. And I tell you that for one reason. Maybe today you're at the end of your rope. There's more to be drawn out of you. And you're like, I'm empty. And all of a sudden, now you got heaven's mandates on top of your schedule, on top of Ezekiel just lost his wife. And he, God's saying, I don't want you to even mourn. And he says, I want you to go about as though... Just like nothing, just just keep going. And he's like, I could only imagine. I'm not saying that's what God's telling you, but what I'm saying is heaven still has a plan and a purpose for you even when you don't feel like it. And it all comes down to one thing. It was never about you. Do you hear me? It was never about you. But it was simply about how God wanted to use a man and a woman and a child in Acts chapter 2. That when he poured out his spirit, he would use anybody and everybody. And he would show the world what he could do. He could use divorced people. He could use broken people. He could use amputees. He could use Moses who, who had stuttering problems. He could use people with mental retardation to preach the gospel and heal the sick. He could show the world what he could do. It was never about you. 
It was simply about one thing. You responding to heaven's mandates. You say, God, I don't have a Bible college degree. I don't have what it takes. God, I can show you the holiness. He says, that's why I called you. So that way you would not receive the glory. So that way everything I speak, you communicate it. You say, but I, I fear. I remember when I went to go get my, my, my credentials, my licensing. I was so nervous. Ten years after being done with Bible college, having no idea still how to do it. But crying in my cement truck and asking God, God, I thought you called me. And all of a sudden, here I am with Pastor Perry in Elk Grove. I don't know if you've ever heard of Pastor Perry Calvary. And I, he, he says, okay, you're approved. as your presbyter. It goes next thing. And he, yeah, I'm so nervous. And he says, keep going. God has a call on you. And he literally put his hand on my back, which was soaking wet. And he goes like this. And I was like, I'm sorry. I was nervous and scared. I tell you that because I remember when I stood in front of 1,200 ministers. I'm not going to tell you where this location was. And they were going to do something that I saw and knew that there was something wrong with that. And my, I could feel the Lord saying, go tell them what I told you. And I walk up and my legs are shaking. I never wanted to be a public speaker, by the way. And I'm shaking. And my voice is like this. No kidding. And I speak what God's word was, what God had spoke to me. And they immediately made a vote and everything went the right way. I tell you that because you're going to be fearful, you're going to be nervous, you're going to be scared, you're going to feel empty, you're going to feel depressed, you're going to be feel sad, you're going to feel like you don't have the right clothes, you're going to look in the mirror, you can't get the hair just right, you're going to run out of deodorant, you're going to have holes in your socks, you're going to barely be able to spill coffee on yourself, you're not going to have a message together. By the way, God's word says when they, when they do these things to you, don't plan what you're going to say because I will give you my word in that hour. You with God is all that's needed. I want you to say this. Me, say it out loud. Me, and, and point to yourself. Me plus God. Is everything that's needed. There's nobody looking around. Everybody stand up. Pastor, if you could come up here for a moment. Today, you've been carrying the weight. God's been speaking to you. He's been calling you. And nobody looking around. He's been calling you. You feel this mandate. You know what you're supposed to do. You've been carrying it around for a while. And you haven't been obeying because of something. There's always a reason, by the way. And you've been carrying it. You know what he's telling you to do. It seems crazy. It seems like everybody's going to reject you. It seems like if you were to do that, it, everything wouldn't go right. But heaven's behind you. And today you come here. And I feel a, a strong urge. And by, I want to let you know God has already extended his grace and mercy. But now you've got to respond. And I want you to respond by saying, Lord, forgive me. 
Say it right now. Say, Lord, forgive me for not answering the call as your watchman in the area you placed me. The second thing is today you feel God is calling you to step out and be a voice in your workplace, a community at home, and, and God wants to anoint you with his power to do his work. You, you can't explain it. You, uh, you, you might feel like a reject. You might feel like you don't have it all, any of these things. But if you're, uh, trust me, I can relate. But God is calling you. He wants you to do something. You could feel it. You're supposed to be a watchman where you are. And today you need to come forward. You need to step out. And on the count of three, on the, on the number three, here's what I want you to do. I literally want you to step into it, the call, and come forward. And Pastor and I are going to pray that the Holy Spirit comes upon you and anoints you and gives you all that is needed. There are some in this church that need to rise up and take a place that has been lost. There's some that need to fulfill the baton is being passed. And it's your moment now to take the baton in this church. Friday was a beautiful memorial, but the torch has been passed now to you. Will you take it? Will you accept it? And will you walk in it? Heaven's behind you. With nobody looking around on the count of three, step out if that's for you. We're going to pray for you, and God is going to give it to you in the name of Jesus. One, two, three. If that's you, come forward right now. Don't even worry. Trample over people to get here. Is there anybody here today? Yep. Yep. Anybody else? God is placing a call. You can feel it. There's something there. God will use anyone. I want you to extend your hand, Pastor. And we're going to pray that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not what me or Pastor can do. It's what God's going to do. And we're going to believe, and you're going to believe with us. If there's anybody else, come join us. You could pretend like you're praying for them. You know, whatever. Just, you know, if that's you, I've done that before. And it's like, oh, God, you know. But I would encourage you that God wants to do something in this church. He's not done. This is the second chapter, the next chapter of this, the next gear being shifted. So can you extend your hand? Father, I pray, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, you would pour out your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would place your anointing, your healing, your blessing. And I know there's more who are here today who still might be in their seat. And by your grace and mercy, I ask, Lord, that you would pour out yourself on them as well. And that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Give them your words in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That, that from this moment forward, as they answer the call, Lord, that they would uh, be empowered by you. God, that you would speak so clear to them. And that everything, God, would work itself out for the glory of God. God, we commit these to you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that as you continue, God, to call people to be watchmen, Lord, that we would give you all the glory. 
because we know that at one time or another you had sent a watchman to us. Please help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Listen. How many believe God's not done in this church? You know, it's interesting because God uh, commands the, the church to go to the whole world, but he doesn't command the whole world to go to church. But what he does do, it's not like a cruise ship, even though these are very nice seats. But God calls his people in his church, it's like a military base. They come and get orders for the week. They get prepped up. They get pumped up. And we go out into where our marketplace. We go out into our families. We go into the aisles of the grocery store. And all of a sudden, it's simple. You just say, God, in the morning, say, God, use me today. I clock in your time clock. And God will give you a word for somebody. In fact, I was somewhere out of state in a different state just the other week. And I was using somebody else's vehicle, had to take it to the, the dealership, and it got fixed. And then I walked out and I felt this. I have to go back and pray with him. But he's like this big burly guy with a shaved head. I mean, he looked like he could crush my face or, or bite my ear off, I don't know. And I was like, God, how do I just tell him? What do I do? And God says, reach in your hand, in your pocket, and give him a tip. That's a great idea. We go back to inside. We ask him, hey, can you come here? It's like, oh, yeah. He comes to us and says, hey, I just want to give you this tip. It's like, oh, you don't have to do that. It says, we just want to let you know how much we appreciate you. And by the way, I wondered if we could pray with you. When we got done praying with him, he was red and completely choked up. He couldn't even say anything. And I said, God, in my prayer, I said, God, for a while, you've been trying to get a hold of him and t just to tell him how much you love him. And God, we know that you're willing to do whatever it takes to remind him of that. Let him know that you care about him and you haven't forgot about him today. Listen, just be the messenger and you'll see what God can do through somebody who seems just ordinary, but who's got heaven's mantle on him. If you saw what heaven sees in you, You'll realize real quick, God didn't pick the wrong person. He chose you. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central